That was Seven by Taylor Swift because, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, as um, uh, that NBA commentator would say. What's his name? Um, let's find out. Um, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Who is that? Who says that? We'll find out. Kevin Harlan, that's who it is. Kevin Harlan, the NBA commentator, says, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, no regard for human life, all that good stuff. But yes, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, because Taylor Swift has no regard for human life when she dropped a surprise album um, called, a little something called Folklore, rhymes with um, Pokemore, and um, the Zuckerberg classic. And um, so Folklore just... Two weeks ago, I think two weeks ago today, to the date, to the date, unless you're listening to this on a date that is not August 6th, August 6th, unless you're listening to it on a date that's not that, then it was two weeks ago, to the date, and oh, oh, (laughs) what an album, I mean, I think my favorite's always probably going to be Lover, because it just encapsulates what I love about everything, Um, but Folklore, oh, I just felt compelled to create and to to love and to think and to listen and 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 pontificate while listening to it oh my god it's an amazing album oh i'm going back through the taylor archives now doing a re-listen and i just am floored by her development i'm gonna have a little bit of a uh <laughs> not me uh dave wheel route is gonna have a little bit of a piece on her later this week so that check that out for sure um but today we're doing, uh, Kate Rose and I, back in the day, uh, last year, did Top 5 Songs from Lover by Taylor Swift. And um, so I wanted to do uh, another Taylor Swift episode with a new album, Top 5 Songs from Folklore. And, but I had to reach out to, um, this time it was to Bella Villardo. And Bella is the friend who um, I was texting during the uh, when the album came out. Um, I was like, holy shit, here we go. And I listened to it at first. I listened to the whole thing. And then I texted her because I didn't want to interrupt my flow. Uh, she Bella's in Australia, so she got to like live with the album. I had to go to sleep after listening to the album twice. and then she, But she got to live with it for a whole day. Must be nice. Um, and so we just, I talked, I was like, we got to do a podcast about this. So this is Bella's first time on the podcast. We've been circling each other for a long time. And we're finally doing it. Um, and it's a good one. Oh, we talked to her. We thought we were going to talk for like half an hour. We went for so long. Um, but it's all good stuff. We're, it's very joyous, and she makes me laugh a lot. Um, Bella, you're the best. Um, I'm so glad I know you. I can't wait to see you again, even though um, as hard as it is to even see family members during this time, I still have hope that I'll be able to get to Australia in the future. Probably not in the near future, but in the future nonetheless. Uh, Bella is great. Lots of great memories with Bella. Um, I think we're kindred spirits. We have very similar personalities, and she's a very loving and uh, fun-loving person. So, obviously, Taylor Swift is a great topic for the two of us. Um, And I can't wait to discuss... um, (laughs) High Fidelity got canceled. That's too bad. That was kind of sad. That was a good show. 
Um, shout out to Zoe Kravitz. Um, I wanted to say something else, but I'm forgetting it now. Mando! Hand over the child, Mando! Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. <sighs> I'm getting old, man. I was going to say something, and I was like kind of looking forward to talking about it, and I don't remember what it was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. That's okay. Um, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure I'll think of it again. Uh, but yeah, so good stuff. Um, enjoy the folklore album. Um, be sure to check out the links in the episode description. We have some good stuff in there, the petitions to sign and all that good stuff. It's the way of the world, you know how it goes. Um, Mando! Mando! Hand over the child, Mando. Uh, I think that's going to be it. Um, yeah, I mean, August 6th. August is the name of one of Taylor Swift's songs. So, it's all good. August sipped away like a bottle of wine, baby. Um, please enjoy the episode with Bella. It's a great one. Welcome, everybody. We have a great episode today. We're going to get right into it because we have so much to talk about. Um, joining me is one of the great people in this planet. Um, you know, I would say even more than the planet. Like, I'd say, I'll say solar system. Um, we have the the incredible, all the way from Melbourne, Bella Villardo. Bella, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for that flattery. It's true. You're you're incredible. Oh, we we, we went to a footy together. We. <laughs> We went to, like, a zoo. <laughs> yeah, we did. We got we got breakfast by the lake. Yes, we did. Or the the <laughs> river, the the Mary Benong River. Mary Benong River, yep. That's a very good memory to remember the Mary Benong. I'm just, <laughs> I'm operating on all cylinders right now. I'm ready to go. Yep. My, my, I'm peaking right now. <laughs> I'm so excited. Because um, there's nobody who would like to talk about like for half an hour about something like a Taylor Swift album, so it's quite exciting. Oh, did I just give it away? But which Taylor Swift album? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Wherever I'm pretty sure, like by the time this goes up, I'll have recorded an intro already. Okay. But yeah, we're talking which Taylor Swift album. It's it's a real mystery. There's eight of them to choose from, unless you count her Christmas album from back in the day. In which case, there'd be nine. Yep. But there's eight. <laughs> but we're really talking about one. Which? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you Not a... obvious at all. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It starts with folk. And it ends in lore. <laughs> <laughs> Folklore. It's folklore. I mean, all y'all heard uh, Kate and I, Kate and me, me and Kate, Kate and I, Kate and I, yeah, you heard Kate and I talk about Lover, uh, whatever, like, uh, ten months ago or whatever it was, but now we have a new album. She's broken the cycle of every two years, and here we are with a new album, so I had to talk to um, the everyone's favorite fighting Australian 
a Taylor Swift aficionado slash <laughs> a lover of all things joyous, Bella, of course. And now we're talking top five folklore songs. And what I a... like that lover of all things joyous. <laughs> that should be like in your uh, like your Instagram bio. <laughs> yeah, sure, that works. <laughs> My my Instagram bio is it's one half of the Crocs Bros. And what's the other half? It's supposed to well, so I went to Typhoon Lagoon with Ryan Foley, friend of the pod, and he was like, "Oh, I got to get my Crocs," and I was like, "Bro, you have Crocs? I also have Crocs. We're the Crocs Bros. You should change your Instagram bio to say one half of the Crocs Bros, and I'll oh. have and I'll have mine say that too." So I changed mine, and he never changed his. But I, I refuse to get rid of it. Yeah, well, if the if the other half is not going to do it with you, then you need to get rid of it. But I'm still at one half of the Crocs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but the other half is missing. It's it's anonymous. No one knows who it is. This should be like like a romantic mystery movie about me searching for my other half of the Crocs, bros. <laughs> That's a cool Instagram like bio. If he would have been down with to do it with you, like shame on him. I would have done it. Yeah, if you're listening, Ryan, um, which you're not, you should totally change your <laughs> IGBIO. Yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> so we were talking before we started recording. You you would say that your favorite album of Taylor Swift's is a little bit different. Yeah, um, I would say that it is fearless. I just feel like those are the songs that you always come back to and always love. And it's like been 10 years. It has. What about you? What is your favorite album? I think my favorite is still Lover. I just, I just love the MO behind it. Like when she's like, I'm going to write about all different kinds of love. And I was like, you know what? That's pretty cool. And I'm, I jive with it because I also love love. Yeah, I love this. I love the prettiness of it, the pink and all of the colors. I love the feigning. I love the idea behind it. But it would have to be like on one of the bottoms for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> all the way at the bottom, though. Is it last? Not not all the way at the bottom. Her first one's at the bottom. <laughs> I'm doing a weekly Taylor Swift re-listen, so I listened to the first album last night. And there's a couple, there's a couple of good ones, but it's mostly, uh, country's not my thing, ultimately. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I never really got into them because I was, well, I found Fearless first, and I was too obsessed with Fearless to actually go <laughs> back and really listen to those songs, so they've never just stuck with me. A few of them have. Yeah. She sang um, Invisible um, when I went to go see her in America, Orlando. 2018 as her special song that she selected on the reputation tour and i was like crying i was like this is beautiful <laughs> and so i love that song um and a few of the others but it's not my favorite album so you saw her in orlando i did i've seen taylor swift every time except for i didn't see her on her 1989 tour but i've seen her basic her fearless tour her speak me out tour every tour reputation which was the best one? Um, hmm. I think Reputation, probably. It was just so cool. It was in an arena. I was in America. <laughs> um, there was, it was the one where she talked about how she won the court case and got the, um, won the dollar. 
and then she started crying and then she sang this medley is that how you say it medley (laughs) and then it was yes and then that concert was also on her documentary on netflix and i was like oh my gosh i was there that was the best concert so it's yeah definitely my favorite so if i watch this Netflix. I have not seen any of her concert documentaries. I don't know if it's on Netflix in America or it might be on Amazon Prime or I don't know, but she did this documentary and it came out this year. And you're in it? I'm not in it, but I was at the concert. <laughs> and so I feel like I was in it. Yeah, that counts. <laughs> you don't see my face. <laughs> well, it's like the Jonas Brothers put out their concert doc and they go to they have Boston in it. So I was like, I count myself as being in this movie, even though I'm not at all visible. <laughs> the Jonas Brothers is the one like group that I think I would like the one musician artist that I would want to see in concert, and I feel like it's never ever going to happen. I, I they think... just tell promises, and they just. I mean, now with the pandemic, that we're not going to be able to see Happiness Begins, and so then they're all going to have babies, and I'm like, you guys are never going to come to Australia. Never say never, they do have a song called Australia. I know, but like by the time I get to see the Jonas Brothers, I'll probably be like 40. <laughs> but that'll make it even... That's how I feel at this point. It'll be even more nostalgic in that case. I think it really would with my sisters. I'd have to go see it with my sisters. Um, and yeah, it will be very nostalgic. So are you are you the subject of their song Australia then? Definitely. Nick Jonas wrote it about me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think Priyanka is from Australia, so... (laughs) I know. I I just... I feel like he's just passing time with her. Because (laughs) he hasn't come to Australia yet, you know? He's gonna be, like, playing his little... Little instruments, and he's gonna look out into the crowd and be like, Whoa. (laughs) Yep. That's and I've always I've always wanted to be like serenaded at a concert by the singer. That's just like long term dream. Yeah, <laughs> used to want to be serenaded by Justin Bieber. Do you still have that hope? Lonely girl. No, now I feel like I don't want to because I want him to be happy in his marriage and sing it to Haley for the very last time at his wedding. And it's like I don't want you to sing it to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> What if he offered? Um, I'd be like, you can serenade me, but can you pick a different song? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to be serenaded, but I'm very picky. I'm like, mm-hmm, can you sing this song for me? Don't sing that one. You sang that one there to a thousand girls. Like, be unique with me, you know? I like the idea of him asking to serenade you, and then you say, mm, can you pick a different song? <laughs> yeah. I like that too. It gives me like a bit of like uniqueness. You know, I'll get a lot of views on YouTube. Yeah, he wouldn't forget you. Mm-hmm. Like that. I'm be like, I tried to do a nice thing, and then she nitpicked what I did. <laughs> but like at that point, it's too late to go pick someone else. At that point, so he's got to listen to you. Exactly. He's got to do it. He's got to do what I say. I'll be like that Australian brat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that guy at the Michael Bublé concert. He was like, I can sing. I'll sing. And then so Michael Bublé like kept hearing him. He's like, all right, fine, sing. So he gave him the microphone, and the guy sang. But he was like, like low key, like better than Michael Bublé. So Bublé just walked off the stage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know, I feel like Michael Bublé is overrated, but that's a conversation for a different day. <laughs> He's got great holiday music, I feel. 
He does. But I just feel like the world gives him too much praise and they just need to calm down a little bit. We need to calm down. Would you say they need to calm down? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just feel like, you know, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's not the only Christmas song out there. It doesn't need to be on every single commercial. It doesn't need to play in every single store. Like, I've just, it's overdone, you know? And, like, I'm pretty sure Frank Sinatra sang it first. So, like, <laughs> Michael Bublé, just calm down a bit. Well, we we were discussing if I we should if I should get Lover or Folklore on vinyl, but I will tell you I have Michael Bublé's Christmas album on vinyl. Of course you do. <laughs> like out of all the Christmas albums, you picked Michael Bublé. This is my problem, you see. November first, midnight every year, I I bust it out and I play some Christmas. Uh. Baby, please come home. <laughs> it's good but like there's so many other christmas albums i just feel like michael buble is just hogging all the attention i'm very passionate about this i feel like in terms of albums he's definitely dominating the christmas album discussion but when it comes to singles it's completely dominated by mariah carey yeah yeah okay i'd agree with that That's... and i have no issue with that <laughs> You like you like that one? But for some reason, I have an issue with Michael Bublé. <laughs> Do you like Michael Bublé's cover of Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas no. Is You"? <laughs> no, but I do like when Justin Bieber sings it with Mariah Carey. See, Justin Bieber could sing that to me, and I'd be happy. That's what that's what I always wish that singers would do more. Like when I saw the Jonas Brothers, it was <laughs> week before Thanksgiving. They had just put out a new Christmas song, and they didn't play it. I was like, "What are we even doing here?" Yeah, I loved the um, Jonas Brothers Christmas song that they put out. That's so jolly. Oh. <laughs> it's so it's good. It's so good. It's so happy. Like It really is. Like, you make every day feel like it's Christmas? That's so sweet. Oh, it's just... See, like, I would prefer to listen to that than it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas every single year. <laughs> Although Taylor Swift had a pretty good Christmas song, right? Um, kind of forgettable. Like I, <gasps> I yeah, I don't know. But like, she ends it by <laughs> I saying, "I love Taylor Swift." <laughs> but um, her Christmas album was never a standout for me. I'm sorry. What about the single that she put out last year? She put out a Christmas single. Christmas Tree Farm. No, don't remember it. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> Am I even a Taylor Swift fan? Oh, it's so good. Okay, I'll have to listen to it after we finish this podcast. I know it's August 1st over there, but you got to pretend like it's still Christmas in July when you listen to it. I will. I'll just, yeah, it's July 25th. What are you talking about? Australia, the time difference is different, you know? We're, we're still on July 25th. Wait, what? The time, the time difference in Australia is different, so we're still July 25th over here. That's, what are you talking about? That's, that's impossible. <laughs> I'm saying it for the sake of being able to listen to Christmas time and it should be white Christmas. But why did you Christmas say, like, six days ago? Because that's when Christmas in July was. But isn't Christmas... <laughs> you didn't get my poor joke. <laughs> But isn't Christmas in July, like, all July? Am I wrong? I thought Christmas in July was, like, exclusive to, like, July 25th. Oh, if that's true, I'm in big trouble. 
Well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, then technically it would be like Christmas on July 25th and not Christmas in July, but I thought Christmas in July was July 25th. I always thought that. See, I think, I thought because like, like the, the home shopping channels always do like Christmas stuff on like July 12th. I just thought it was so that we could have a chance to have a wintry Christmas <laughs> because July is cold. And I thought that's why Christmas in July was a thing. But that doesn't really make sense because why would it exist around the world <laughs> if so, they already have a warm Christmas? Maybe so you guys can have a summer Christmas. <laughs> we can experience what it's like <laughs> for each other. Yeah, you can listen to um, one of my favorite Christmas songs, which is um, Santa Wear Your Shorts. <laughs> I've never heard of this in my life. It's like, Santa Wear Your Shorts, Santa Wear Your Shorts Tonight. By High Five. <laughs> How do you know? I've just Googled it. <laughs> yep, that's it. It says it's right next to Aussie Jingle Bells. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you should listen to that and I'll listen to Christmas Tree Farm. Okay, it's a deal. Okay, we've got a deal. Well, it's also you played, when I first came to Australia, you played um, uh, the song that's like Time Flies By in the Yellow and Green. Yes, that's a good song. By um, who's I'll it? be riding shotgun. Yeah, shotgun. That's what it is. Yeah, George Ezra. That's a great song. I put it in my music library. I I love his voice, and I just oh, that's a great song. That song and his the one that was so deep and manly. Do you remember the one that was like, Johnny, run away, run away now, Johnny. That's the lady, that's who sings um, Dance Monkey, but that was like before Dance Monkey was a thing, and I just remember us laughing <laughs> at her voice. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember if we were like tired, but we thought it was so funny. We're just like, this is the funniest song in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just I, laughing hysterically. Because it's like, who's Johnny? <laughs> is that what's in your playlist as well? Oh, I added that, I added Shotgun, I added, um... Me, because I first heard me when I was with you guys, and... Did you add Sucker? Sucker, obviously. It was already, it was already there. Yeah. Already in the library. Yeah. And, um, 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 Young Hearts Run Free. <laughs> oh, yes, that was on as well. Yeah. <laughs> me and Jack really got, yeah, we really got enthusiastic about that song. I remember just being on the highway... And it was the first time I'd ever heard the Young Heart song. And it went on, I, yeah. felt, I felt like it went on for so long. <laughs> you, you repeat the same line like a yeah. hundred times. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is so, this is like an eight minute song and they're just saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> so is that what you listen to um, when you like reminisce in Australia? Those are your songs? Yeah, if I'm ever like, man, I need a good cry. I just bust out those five songs and I'm weeping. <laughs> They're all very upbeat songs. <laughs> but I'm like, wow, I used to be so happy. Oh. I miss the thrill. Wasn't that so... It was so thrilling, at least for me. Being on the plane, I was like, oh my god, I get to go see friends. I remember, yeah, picking you up at the airport and how excited you were and how, like, the traffic lights was just something <laughs> that really... You were like, wow, <laughs> look at the traffic lights. I was I was that culture shock. I had gone like 
I think like something like 35 hours without sleeping by that point. So I was just delusional. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think, were you like, did you jump when the traffic lights yeah. started making noise? <laughs> it started screaming at me, so I was so scared. <laughs> I remember that. It was like someone like a fighting gun. You like jumped, <laughs> and it was just the traffic lights. <laughs> I mean, well, it makes sense because like blind people, but like we don't have that over here. Yeah, you don't. You have silent traffic lights. I don't understand that. Like if you're daydreaming, you're just going to miss them. Honestly, like there's been there was one time in Orlando I was at a traffic light and I was just on my phone and then by the time I looked up it it, it was turning back to red. I was like, no. Exactly, and that's why you need to have the sound so that you know when to when to move. Even though it'll scare the shit out of you <laughs> if you're not used to it, and if you haven't slept in thirty hours yet, <laughs> that's, that's that's fair. I'll give you that one. I remember when you I I had like connected to the to the um the wi-fi at the airport and i didn't know how to get in touch with jack because i didn't know if i could legally text or not so i was like using your like instagram dms or something and i was like i'm at the airport (laughs) (laughs) yep i remember that (laughs) (laughs) then you and jack showed up and i I was like oh my god and i ran running to you and then you both came running to me at the same time and i was like who do i what do i hug (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's a not a you know bad problem to have. Two people running up to you, happy yeah. to see you. What a what a great conflict to have is who do I hug? <laughs> that's yep. we should all be so lucky. Um, that's what lover is all about. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we're at minute twenty. We have yet to say a single song from folklore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who's gonna go first? Uh, I'll go first, and then we can alternate, and then we end on you, so that way we don't end on a bad note. Are you saying that your first song is a bad song? I just feel like when people listen to this podcast, the last thing they want to hear is me talking. Oh, okay. Alright. Interesting. Anyway, let's get to it, otherwise we never will, so... Um, number five. (laughs) The last great American dynasty. Oh, okay. When I... So when I first saw the track list on that beautiful uh, morning, all those, all that one week ago, and I was like, oh my god, new Taylor Swift. I reread it like eight times. I was half asleep. I was like, is it a new album or is she just like doing like weird shit? I couldn't tell. <laughs> um, but then I saw this and I was like, I love Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. And I was like, this sounds like it's within the lineage of that, this type, by, just by title alone. So yeah. I was hyped. Yeah. And it's kind of similar, um, somewhat, but it's mostly, I mean, at first there was all this speculation, like, is it about the Kennedys? Is it about, um, some people think that the last great American dynasty is the Twilight movies. Um, oh, I haven't heard that theory before. <laughs> it would, that would be another nostalgic trip. Yeah. Now I'm going to listen to it and I'm going <laughs> to think about Twilight and see how that goes. But instead, they say it's about Rebecca Harkness, who owns a house in Rhode Island called Holiday House, or owned, because she's not alive anymore. But now Taylor Swift owns the house. And oh, okay. So that's what they say it's about, because Rebecca Harkness was, like, this really rich person who was known for, like, great Gatsby-type parties that the people who would go to the parties loved her, but the people who lived nearby, like her neighbors, they hated her because she would just have these really loud parties. So I guess... 
that's like the story behind it. I mean, I don't, I didn't come up with that on my own because I have no idea who any of those people are. But that's what that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I've read from Rolling Stone, and okay. And I live only a little bit from Rhode Island, so maybe I'll make a trip one day. Yeah, and you can see the Holiday House. Holiday House. I like how I, I like how she like I like how this album it's more storytelling. It's kind of it's like old Taylor. I like it. <laughs> it did feel a lot of the songs felt. Like, when I listened to the um, Taylor Swift 2006 last night, I was like, I can feel, like, this third-person narrative has returned to Taylor Swift. Yeah, and I, I like it. And I like it when she puts in, like, names and stuff and just, you know, you don't know who these people are, but you're just, you're rolling with it and just telling a story and it's nice. Well, that's what, in our group chat with uh, Jack, she was like, who hurt her? Why is she singing about all these horrible things? And I was like, Jack, it's <laughs> called Folklore. It's Stories. Yeah, it's not all about her. <laughs> not every song. But there is about... are some songs that are really sad, and so when I when I first listened to the album, like the first time, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this album because it's all too sad for me, and there's no like dancey bop songs. But <laughs> on a second and third and fourth listen, I'm like, okay, I love the album now. It's not sad. There are some positive songs in there, and and there are some good stories, so I, I do like it. I was so scared at first because your first message about it, I was like, oh no, she doesn't like it. <laughs> you were like, I listened to it, that's breathtaking. And so I went in with all these really high expectations <laughs> and not going to lie, the first time I listened to it, I was really underwhelmed. I was like, oh, I don't know, there's no like, you know, upbeat songs, this is all sad. <laughs> but you know, you have to you have to sit with it for a while, I think, to really enjoy it. I should have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> you gave me expectations. It's all your fault. I didn't like it the first time. <laughs> Although one of my friends told me that Lover was the greatest pop album of all time, and I listened to it, and I was like, wow, they might be right. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You don't believe it. You don't I even know. think but it's... But then again, I can't, I can't name another album off the top of my head that would compete <laughs> with that. I don't know. I have to think about it. Uh, Christmas by Michael Bublé. <laughs> Yes, the best album ever. <laughs> <laughs> the best album ever is one that is 95% covers. <laughs> yes, yes, that's another thing. Like, would it kill him to write a couple of unique songs every now and then? Like, he has a few, but like, come on, Buble. Give us something new. I remember at the tunnels in Magic Kingdom, they would play, um, like, the one that's like, I believe in starting over. They would play that at least... 40 times a day. Oh. I was like, oh my god. I beg. Lucky I didn't Lucky I didn't <laughs> work there and have to walk through those tunnels because each time I would have been filled with <laughs> buble rage. You were like, uh, curse you, bubbly. <laughs> I, was, I feel like because he's so famous and he has such a big platform, he could let other songwriters write some songs for him and give them a bit of exposure rather than singing songs that have been done a hundred times before. Like, you know, find some wannabe songwriters and give them a chance. Use your platform for some good. Now you're just calling them out. <laughs> I hope that Michael Bublé is listening. <laughs> Actually, like, no, I, when I say no one listens to this, I mean no one listens to this except my parents, you occasionally, apparently, and Michael Bublé. <laughs> I have been listening to it because um, sometimes I go for walks in lockdown and um, I'll put on one of your podcasts and I'll be like, oh, let's listen to his opinions. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch, you know, I listened to your Ryan Gosling one and Ooh. I watched um, 
What's the film that you talked about? Oh, well, could there's ten that it could have been. Um... <laughs> but it was one with Emma Stone, but it wasn't La La Land. Crazy Stupid Love. Yes, I watched that based on your recommendation. I was like laughing, and I was like, "See, I wouldn't have watched this if I didn't listen to the podcast." See, that's that's, that's where I belong in people's pod pockets. Exactly. Or like driving as well. If you get bored of listening to the radio and and music, you can listen to your podcast. Highly recommend. It means that you like when I. It means the literal world to me. No. That you say is such. I a won't thing. listen to your sport podcast though. I'll <laughs> listen to your like music ones, um, um, your movie ones. I feel like they're really fun. Yeah, the sport, the sports ones are. For a niche audience, I feel. Very. But then again, <laughs> so is like Mamma Mia songs and Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> well, then you get super specific. Like, I did one with Courtney called Top 5 Ways to Connect the Wizard of Oz to Mental Health Problems, which is like <laughs> so specific. But I love Who it. Who came up with that idea? That was all Courtney's idea. That's really clever and unique. I know. It's like, and... who would have thought? I know. And you're just going to put a whole new... Now, whoever listens to it will never be able to watch Wizard of Oz the same. Just like when that meme went around that said, like, Winnie the Pooh represented, like, bipolar or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I like those. I was like, oh, okay, let's just not read that and just enjoy <laughs> Winnie the Pooh in its pure state. <laughs> I like it when the piglet is nervous. That's what I look for. <laughs> I like Eeyore because that's Jack one. <laughs> <laughs> we we are if she's listening <laughs> oh she doesn't listen to this we are poo okay, so... we're poo and piglet yeah. to her eeyore yeah <laughs> i think that i am definitely poo because i like walk around singing songs thinking about what my next smell is <laughs> so i'm definitely poo bear <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've like ever heard. Like eleven o'clock. Let's let's have some tea. I mean, I'll put some honey in it just because I'm poo bear. I I felt like poo today. I had like a little sleeve of graham crackers for a snack, and I wanted like mm -hmm. I was like oh I gotta dip these in something. They're a little dry. I was looking so I was like looking for honey, and at one point I was like <laughs> underneath my cabinet, like just sitting down looking for honey. I was like I'm literally Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> you are. You get like your head stuck in the cabinet when you're winning the period as well, like 100%. That would have just been embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. We're, we're poo days. Do you think that you're poo there? No, I feel like, I think in that moment I was a poo, but if we're doing this, like, I'm more of a piglet overall, I think. Because mm -hmm. I'm anxious constantly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I also love Tigger. Like, his bounciness. I want to be Tigger, but I feel like I'm poo. <laughs> Tigger has energy that I don't have anymore in my life. Okay, I just I want Tigger's energy, and if I had Tigger's energy, then I could like be Taylor Swift and I could write songs in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's big Tig energy. <laughs> yeah, that's what she has. <laughs> Taylor Swift is definitely a Tigger to me. <laughs> so in this dynamic, Jack is Eeyore, we are Pooh and Piglet, and Taylor Swift is our Tigger. <laughs> yes. We, and we would just have a marvelous time ruining everything. 
<laughs> yes. Oh, that's that's a lyric, isn't it? From the very same song, I put at number five. Yes, it is. See, I'm, I'm even though I've only listened to them like five. Well, I don't know how many times I've listened to the album. And the lyrics are great. Like you pick them up quickly <laughs> and then you can quote them. It's been it's been out for <laughs> a week. It's been at out dinner. Um, oops, we keep doing this. No, you go. Um, <laughs> I was t- we, I was telling my sisters at the dinner table last night. I was like being annoying, and I was like, you know, I have more friends out of all of us. <laughs> and my sister Gabby was like to me, a friend to all is a friend to none. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, that was such a good one. <laughs> Surely you have an enemy or two. Oh yeah, there are definitely people that don't like me. It seems impossible. I like to think that it's because of their own childhood trauma that they just can't like me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not an issue with me. That's you. That's your fault. You have some trauma. I maybe remind you of something or someone, and that's why you don't like me. <laughs> that's a great way of looking at it. They're like, it's like they're bullies. It's a very positive way to look at it. <laughs> um, what is... Your number five. I was trying to come up with a transition. I just couldn't. <laughs> okay. Um, so I have been debating this basically all morning, but I think I'm going to talk about this song because you won't talk about it, I think. Ooh. And then we can talk about more songs. So um, the one that I've chose to do is Seven. Oh, not on um, my list. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you have that on your list. And if you do, then we have a lot in common. I just like that song because it kind of reminds me of um, The Best Day by Taylor Swift. Have you, do you know The Best Day? Yes. Yeah, and she just talks about her childhood and growing up and just being really happy. And then this song, it's the same sort of thing, but she can see that her friend is not as happy as what she is. And I just love the line where she's like, and I think your house is haunted. Your dad is always mad. That must be why. And it's just like this really like innocent way of looking at the world. And she just wants her friend to be happy like she is. And I'm just like, oh, like, you know, like you have friends that you're like, I wish that your childhood was as happy as mine. And I hope that you're doing well. And I just, I like that kind of idea in this song. It is. It reminded me when they said like, cross your heart, won't tell no other, like that kind of like childhood way you interact with your friends reminded me of it's nice to have a friend yeah okay yeah that's a good connection because all of my connections are lover i love that bit where it's like sweet tea in the summer cross my heart won't tell no other i was imagining um like you're having a like a tea um what do you call it you're having like an afternoon tea with your dolls and you have a little tea party <laughs> with your friends and your dolls that's what i imagine when i hear that lyric i mean yeah that's i picture the um that too like the uh like you said like uh like from toy story with the mrs nesbit when you have the uh yes <laughs> the, like... yes you can just see that you can just see them like singing this song <laughs> It's a, and it's like that little bit you did was also, it's like, it has a great hook as well. It really does. I, I just, I, I really like this song. I didn't like it the first time. Then I think I must've been scrolling on Instagram or something. I wasn't concentrating. Um, and then I just, I love it. And it just, it's like, 
you could drive to that song. It's very soothing and relaxing. I'm very excited to drive to this album. Yeah, I feel like this album is great because you can listen to it and you can listen to the lyrics or you can put it on the background while you're doing other things and it's not like overpowering. It will just like calm you. It's it's really nice. Yeah, it's a, like I got that vibe. The first listen I had to it, the I was like really like hyper-focused the first couple of songs, but then I sort of just kind of like sort of went with it and I was just like vibing and then like they all sort of started to like kind of blend together in a good way that it was just like an experience. I was like, just living in the vibes. Yeah, it's really nice. I, it's just, I think it's a really good background album when you're driving or cleaning or, or you can listen to it and actually concentrate. But like, it's very, it's very soothing. It's I, not too busy. And I like how it hasn't got too much like sound effects and, and it's more stripped back. I really want it to be colder weather here like you guys have, so I can experience what that would be like. <laughs> Well, you know what? If you buy the vinyl, by the time that it comes, it will be cold weather. And that's the whole idea of Taylor Swift, I think. She just wants you to, you know, rediscover it in eight weeks when it's, like, getting cold. And it's, and then you can listen to it and enjoy. Well, especially by the time we hear the bonus track, we can find out if it's about her breaking up with Joe or getting engaged to Joe. <laughs> I definitely don't think she's breaking up with him. Nah, surely not. I just think there's too many um, lyrics that would indicate that she's with him forever. She likes shiny things, but she would marry him with paper rings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely about him. Well, seven's a great pick. It's too bad we didn't do top seven, because then you could have put it in, like, seven, and we're like, look, it's number seven is seven, like the track listing. Oh, I know. That would have been great. But, but uh, it's it's number five. I really <laughs> like it. And I feel like um, it will grow on a lot of people and they'll like it. If they won't like it at the start, then they will. That's my prediction. <laughs> that's what I, I think, because a lot of people weren't keen on um, it's nice to have a friend at first either. But then that kind of became like one of the three or four songs from Lover that gave clues to what the next album would be about, like stylistically. And then now people are coming around to that one again. So I think Seven is just ready to be beloved. See, I never liked It's Nice to Have a Friend, so maybe I need to listen to it and listen to it with this album. You're just, you're anti-lover. I'm not anti-lover. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I was not sure what to think of It's Nice to Have a Friend. I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> skip. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, She's... you come back to it and you might like it. She's bragging like you did about how many friends she has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. It doesn't really build anything. It's just her like listing off things that she did with her friends. It's it's an odd song if you think about it. You're like, oh, okay. It's like if I wrote so, a song that was like, picked up from the airport, got a pancake, went to a zoo... Does she end up with the friend in a romantic way, or is it just, oh, it's nice to have a friend? I don't know. I'm just, the song confuses me, and then <laughs> I just skip past it, so. Well, one song that has not confused me is my number four <laughs> song. This is a good segue. <laughs> I nailed it. Um, I think you'll, I think you're familiar with this one. Because we were talking a little bit about how we like the singles, and uh, my number four is Cardigan, 
the single. Oh, okay. It's the first single. Apparently, Exile <laughs> and Betty are going to be singles, allegedly. Um, but for now, the only single we have is Cardigan, which... Yeah, and I do not judge you because I think that you're, like, I don't know where I got this idea that people judge you for liking the singles, like, you're not a true fan, but I think the singles are great, so, you know, it's a great place to have Cardigan. And, like, at first I was like, oh, I don't think any of these, like, I think they're, I thought they were all good at first, but I was like, I don't think any of these are gonna be, like, big radio, like, hits, like, pop hits, but apparently it's, like, one of the most streamed albums of all time. So what do I know? Yeah, I didn't think so either. I was like, this. I can't imagine this on the radio. Like, it doesn't really have the sound for it. But I think everyone is in a different mind because of the pandemic. And I feel like she's written an album that's very current with the world. Yeah, everyone's just stuck in their yards, whittling and <laughs> walking around with boots. <laughs> I'm listening to this. And they crawl into their piano into a magical fairy world, and then they crawl into I their love piano the again. Music video for this. <laughs> what do you th- What do you make of it when she's like lost in the ocean? What is that supposed to be? Um, I don't know. What What <laughs> theory do you have? I feel like I'll go with yours. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. What, like, because she goes to like a land of fairies <laughs> and like and nymphs, and I was like, what is, What is going on? And my only I mean thought was that it's like. This it's about like how she was like made fun of a lot, and then she found solace in her piano. That's that's a good theory. I just maybe I mean the song is about lost love, so I was thinking maybe she's like lost in the middle of the cascade blue oceans, and she, um, you know, is the music is all she has. Mm. But she's lost her love. I don't know. I can see that. Well, especially, like, the lyrics don't really have anything to do with being stuck in an ocean. They don't. But I just, I don't know. Or maybe it just looks pretty for a music <laughs> video to be, have a, you know, a massive piano in the middle of the ocean. And it's just pretty. <laughs> what a visual, honestly. The whole music video was so pretty. And so does it really matter what it means? <laughs> it reminded me... The music video reminded me of Peter Pan, and then the lyric is, there's like a lyric, Peter losing Wendy, and I was like, whoa. Yes. I didn't, I didn't get um, Peter Pan vibes from the music video. No? Um, but I'll have to rewatch it. I definitely, I love the line, Peter losing Wendy. This one, this is another one with a, a good hook to it. And I like the metaphor of a cardigan, too. I just feel like that's really... It's really nice. Like a cardigan is warm and cozy, and it's like you put me on and said I was your favorite. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. She's so good at coming up with like symbols and wordplay. And I feel like a cardigan as well is not something that you like necessarily need. Like, because the cardigan's like a light jacket, so you wear it when it's like it's not really cold, but you just want a little bit of extra warmth and. And I feel like that's a relationship. Like, you don't need a relationship, but you want it because it's a little bit of extra warmth in your life. That's a really nice way of putting it. I feel very charmed. I know. It's it's a really positive way to look at it. A cardigan. Well, it's also like, I've been going back, like you said, like, it's not something that you really need. And that's how I feel about the cardigan they're selling in the Taylor Swift shop. 
I was like, I was like, okay, I don't need it, but it's really cool. And it's fifty dollars. She's gonna make cardigans trendy again. I just feel like um, I had this black cardigan that I wore when I was in Orlando, Florida, for the colder <laughs> evenings, and. I remember people telling me that it looked like a mum cardigan and like mum's wear cardigans. And I was like, that's offensive. But now Taylor Swift is making them cool again. Back in high school, I'd be like 14 years old wearing like cardigans and button downs with the cardigans like Mr. Rogers. And people would be like, why are you dressing like Mr. Rogers? And I was like, cardigans are the best. What are you talking about? I feel like wearing a cardigan like that makes you look like an English teacher. Thank you. That's what I'm literally trying to become. So it's, I think it suits you, the cardigans. I, at, at Disney too, whenever like somebody would swipe their card and it wouldn't work, I'd be like, how about you make like a sweater and try that card again? <laughs> and they would just, they, nobody ever knew what I meant. <laughs> That's really clever. <laughs> I love a good pun. They just, the people in Florida hated me. I'd be like, they they try to use the chip, and I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, our chip is with Dale at the moment. <laughs> oh, that's cute. And they'd be like, huh? What do you mean? I remember in um, Disney University, someone said to me, oh, if the credit card is declined, just tell them that they've run out of pixie dust. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to get and a I'm punch. like, I can imagine a dad loving that. Like, I'm sorry, sir, your card has run out of pixie dust. <laughs> Yeah, he's like he's got he's now on vacation in a busy theme park with cranky children <laughs> and now his card is declined and he's gotta hear that it's out of pixie dust. <laughs> like that's gonna run so smooth. <laughs> uh, we have fun though. We we had a good time. Um, this is really funny, but um I've kept it on the down low because I wanted to have the suspense. But my fourth song was also Cardigan. Whoa! <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was a plot twist. It was. Did you notice how I didn't tell you that until now? That's me being suspenseful. <laughs> well, at first when you said, I haven't told anyone this. Well, like, just the way you phrase it made me think like you had some big life decision you were about to announce to all of us. <laughs> no. <laughs> just that I've ranged Cardigan as number four <laughs> in my list as well. That's a big life decision. Very. It took me a long time to make it. <laughs> the whole week. <laughs> pondering, pondering. What, what's going to be number four? Have you ever walked on cobblestones with high heels? Yes, I have. And I can imagine people saying, Haha, you're so young, look at you with your high heels on cobblestones, you know nothing. <laughs> it sounds painful. <laughs> because it's not easy. It sounds like it hurts. <laughs> it's just it's a very unstable and then you've got high heels and it's just it's not a good time but when and you so i really like that lyric it just it takes me back to europe when um i had high heels and everyone judged me and was like why are you wearing high heels because of the like the cobblestones and everything in europe and i'm like oh this is pretty <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to have a good vibe he didn't like it when i wore high heels but i do <laughs> when you, well when you're young you know they assume you know nothing mm-hmm. yep um yeah cardigan great song i think it's like a warm hug i feel that what is your number three 
Well, we love Cardigan. Um, a warm hug is a really pleasant way to describe it. Uh, however, as as commonplace as a cardigan might be, we all know what cardigans are. I'm not quite sure that I know what a mirror ball is. Um, <laughs> however, it is my number three. <laughs> Do you have any idea what a mirror ball is? Um, a disco ball? You reckon? I think that's what she's talking about. I thought was, I, I wasn't sure if it was like some kind of sport that I didn't know about. <laughs> With mirror balls? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you gotta throw the ball at the, at the mirror or something. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's a disc ball that she's talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics now, and I'm definitely getting that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of sad, though. Like, because because why? Like, cause she if she if she thinks that she's a disco ball, like well now it's like the, in the lyric like I can change everything about me to fit in. That's and like so she's just kind of like she is what other people want her to be. That's kind of sad. Well, I think that this song is about her career, and I think it's about her trying to stay relevant and stay on top. Hmm. And. She's like a mirror ball that's like always going to be in the music scene, like, you know, sitting on top, watching everyone, sparkling. Well, that's what I, I, that was one of my big takeaways from the album is because like, there's all these like iconic musicians who are still alive. Like Bob Dylan is still alive. Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, Stevie Wonder. All these people are still alive. Stevie Nicks. They're all alive, and they there's a lot of them still put out new music. Like Bob Dylan just had an album this year, and back in their time they were so popular, and now they put out music and nobody even like besides their fans nobody really cares. Like it's not on the radio at all. Nobody talks about it. And I always thought that I was mean, kind. Of... I didn't know that Bob Dylan put out an album this year, so <laughs> that's just saying, you know. Yeah, and it feels kind of. And fe- he was a big star. He's one of he, people think that he's like the greatest musician alive. And they, he puts out no new music and, like, no one cares. And I didn't even listen to it either. I didn't even know what happened until I looked it up. And it's weird. Like, these people are so acclaimed and beloved. But as they get older, they're not popular anymore. And so my major takeaway from this album is it was such a departure from what she had been building up to in her career that it made me think, like, she's still very young. She has only just entered her 30s. But it's also making me think that she that I thought she was starting to prepare for the fact that she's not going to be in the prime generation of music. Like she's being like, she's now a generation removed from like the hits on the radio. And yeah. wow, that's so different. I didn't think of it like that, but that's really clever. It's what it seemed like. And then of course now it's like yeah. the most popular album in the entire world. So she's still on top. But I like the fact that she hasn't put out another pop album and that she's doing what she wants to do. And I think she's, like, less concerned with the success but more about putting music. I think this album is more about putting out what she wants to put out. Right. Which I like. Yeah, she's finally... Like, aside from, like, the fact that it was a very... Like, we talked about, like, how there's eight vinyls that you can buy. Like, aside from (laughs) that side of it, it's very much like she's broken away from the the model of two-year album eras. But I feel like Taylor Swift is probably the only artist who can put an album out like this and have so much success today. Like, do you feel that? 
I think so, because Justin Timberlake tried to do something similar, and it was just reviled. Yeah, I feel like um, Taylor's one of the only ones who can get away with it, and I think it's because she's so good at lyrics. Oh, she's... And the fans just love to analyze it. <laughs> she's one of the best living songwriters, for sure. She makes me want to be a poet. <laughs> I get so jealous, because I can't write songs i want to be able to like write songs like she can convey so much and so succinctly and i just don't have the ability i've tried so hard and i can't do it so i, I get very envious listening to her because it's just incredible yeah she picks like little little details but like they tell so much i think it's really a talent of hers like it's unique she's one of the, she's this might be controversial but i think she's one of the greats I would agree with you. <laughs> Our controversial opinion is out to the world. <laughs> yeah. Listen up, world. Taylor Swift, we think that she's good. <laughs> we do. I, like, what are the best lyrics, lyricist? You know, there was once an interview that I watched, and it was um, Billy Joel, and he was talking kind of bad about Alton John, Ooh. and who kept trying to put out new music. And Billy Joel was just like, you know, he keeps putting out this stuff, but you just need to realize when you've had your say and when you've said what you wanted to say and be content with what you've done. And he said something along those lines. And I was just like, I re- like, that's what I think it is for a lot of artists. Like, you need to know when to stop and when you've had your say. And I feel like a lot of these older artists are trying to put out stuff, but I don't know, they should just... I don't know, you can't tell someone to stop making music, but I just feel like what Billy Joel said was really wise. Like, know when you've had your say, you know? Right, and he's one who hasn't released anything since the 90s. No. I feel like I can't imagine Taylor Swift doing that because she'll always have stories to tell. Um, But I feel like a lot of people probably should follow Billy Joel's wise advice. It's just, and be happy with what they have. <laughs> I do think it's true. Like at a certain point, you get diminishing returns. Like the new, like new Paul McCartney music is never really that good. But it's always so weird to me. It's like, why does that happen? Like, why does it when they get older they lose that ability? I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it either. Maybe they're just not like current or relevant anymore. I don't know. Maybe they've been. So I'd have to famous. listen to it. They've been so famous for so long that they just have nothing relatable to write about anymore. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I was, I'm super rich and I have a big house. Yeah. That's all they can like, write. You can't relate to my songs. <laughs> I'm so, I get plastic surgery every day. <laughs> I don't know. That's, a, that's a really one of the, you know, questions that we can analyze about the world (laughs) one of the deep life questions (laughs) it's eternally relevant um mirrorball Mirrorball. what's your number three my number three i feel like you might get mad at me but i put betty as my number three okay okay (laughs) i love this song i think it's super catchy um and I like how it cross-references with Cardigan. Um, and I think that's really clever, the way that she wrote it. And, you know, it's a great song. It's I'm nothing against Betty. It's only it's just that I like two other songs better than what I do with Betty. 
Betty is amazing. But I do love Betty. <laughs> Betty, Betty is, is just... <laughs> it's the one song that was made... There was all three people who produced the album produced this one together. I like the... I like the... Um, the instrument at the start. What is it? Is it a harmonica? Yes, harmonica. Oh, I love that. I'm just like, that's just so beautiful. It just makes me love the song. Probably my favorite bit of the song. Just that little harmonica in the beginning. I'm like, oh, this is nice. This is like Taylor Swift, old Taylor Swift. And then she sits it in high school, which I love. I just love the high school settings. I feel like I'm watching a movie and not listening to a song. Yes, for sure. It's very visually stimulating. Like I'm watching like Kissing Booth or something, <laughs> but a better version of Kissing Booth. <laughs> it definitely felt like a spiritual sequel to Love Story, but like a different take on it, where they don't aren't really that happy with each other. Oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah. It could even have like those white horse kind of vibes. I don't know. It's it's a really good song. When when I heard Betty for the first time and the cardigan was referenced, I'm pretty sure my brain exploded. <laughs> it's so clever. I'm kissing in bars again, and then that's also referenced in cardigan. And she was walking um, home on broken cobblestones. Yes. Oh my gosh, I didn't even connect that till now. And then, you know, the guy's like, I'm only 17, I know nothing. And then it's like, when you are young, they assume you know nothing. Yes, like, look I, at that parallel. This, these songs are speaking to each other. They really are. It's so clever. Um, I know a lot of people were confused when they listened to Betty because they didn't understand what perspective it was from. The first half of the song, I thought that Taylor, this is what my theory was. I was like, Taylor's singing about a girl from high school and Taylor stole that girl's boyfriend. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, oh my God, Taylor, how could you? And then I got to the bridge, and I was like, okay, I don't think Taylor stole the boyfriend anymore. I think that maybe the boyfriend is singing the song. And I was very confused. Were you confused? Um, I pretty much... I, I think I kind of... I never really... I know a lot of people thought that Taylor Swift was coming out in the song. Um, but I didn't... I kind of just... I don't know, maybe it's just because I... I never saw it like that either. I feel like I just knew that based on her Instagram post, that they were all going to be from different perspectives. So I didn't really think about it too much. Yeah. yeah. And here I was, I was like, oh my God, Taylor, how could she steal her boyfriend? Is that why you're upset? Because you're trying to make <laughs> it up to Betty? <laughs> you bad girl. <laughs> that was my whole, like, for the whole first two minutes. <laughs> She's just really salty about Betty. Yeah. I, was, I feel like I'm the only person who interpreted that song that way because um, she was just like you know I saw you dance with him and then I can imagine Taylor getting upset like oh my god she's dancing with him I could see my that man. I see that yeah. like when they say like she like she won't uh, about the why they switched homerooms like that seems like something that friends would do out of spite more than like relationships yeah yeah and I was like oh my god Taylor you've been mean um, but it's about I think it's from Jane's perspective, and it's and it's a fun song. It, the chorus is just like, if I showed up at your party, it's so catchy. I love the key change. Yeah. Like when she's like, 
and then she just like belts out like yeah shut up at your party <laughs> that's great <laughs> and i love that the bridge i feel like taylor swift does the best bridges of all of her songs oh so it, good they're so exciting because you know like something amazing is about to happen yeah like the uh and james pulled in rolled up <laughs> The bridge in a uh, the bridge in paper rings when that went when she went to like the minor key and I was like oh shit the last chorus is gonna slap yes <laughs> I love I love that bridge with the car and everything and then it just gets dramatic I love it paper rings is such a good song oh the best I love it so much I feel like as well that that a lot of the songs um, on folklore could be. Like, first dance songs at weddings. Oh, I haven't seen it like that. I wouldn't dance to Betty. <laughs> no, but, well, you gotta make sure the lyrics match up as well as the music. Uh, I, I think that I may talk about one of the songs that could be a potential song to dance with at a wedding, but I don't think that anything is as romantic as Lover. Like, Lover is still well, such that, that's a like great the... song. That's like the crown jewel of her perspective on love. Yeah. And I feel like if I had to pick a Taylor Swift song as cliche as it is, I would probably dance to love her at my wedding. It's a good pick. And I, what Taylor Swift song would you pick? Um, <laughs> wow, geez, really asked the tough questions. <laughs> I think it's hard to just pick one off the spot. Oh, man. Okay, well, as I said, I do think that a lot of um, the songs on this album would be pretty good. They just have a good, like, dreamy kind of vibe to them. But that being said, if, like, like, these would probably be, like, the album with the most choices. But if I had to pick, like, one specific song, then I'd probably be very tempted to go with Cornelia Street. Oh, because okay. like it's it's got if it, it sounds melancholy but it does but i think like ultimately especially with like the last chorus it's a it's a testament to like um like it's it's both um cuz she, she it's about joe so she's writing it when she's still with joe but she's also um nostalgic for old memories with joe so I think that's that's my favorite kind of love is when you still love somebody but you're also nostalgic for like love that you've experienced with them already. Like you're like, "Oh, wasn't it so great when we were like doing that part of our relationship and now we're doing this part of our relationship?" And that's I feel like it's a really lovely sentiment. Yeah, I agree with you. And I feel like Camellia Street it's about loving something so much and being afraid that it's going to go away and wanting to hold on to it so badly. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of very wedding like as well. Like, so emotional. I don't want this to end. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so scared of this ending. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I pick it. Maybe I think it's that one because, like, I'm a very anxious person by nature. So <laughs> that's what I'm drawn to. Is that, like, even, even at a wedding, I would be anxious? It's an anxious love song. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm getting married, and I'm like, all right, time to get married. And even then, I'm still like, oh, God, what if it gets fucked up? <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like that's really, it just shows how much she loves him that she's so, so afraid of losing him. And it's beautiful. 
It is because, like, I mean, all of her relationships went so poorly, and then she finally has this one that's so good. She's like, "Can it be true, or am I being set up for heartbreak again?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like that's you're taking the leap and you're saying no. I think this is true, and that's like perfect for marriage. <laughs> well, speaking of perfect for marriage, this one is a perfect marriage. Between our countries, because you are already in August and I'm 37 minutes away from August. Wait. <laughs> yes, that's correct. 37 minutes away from August. And so that's why I picked August for number two. Um, it's, I think it's also. I'm really glad that you picked this song because it didn't make my list <gasps> and I wanted it to so badly. Was this the one that was like, you were stuck between this one and. and seven. And seven. Yeah, well, they come right next to each other. Exactly. And so I'm like, oh, I don't know which one I like better. <laughs> so I'm glad that you put it on your list. It's so great. Well, it's also, I feel like it's part of the Betty story. I think so, too. It's like a different I think perspective. That August is the person that James is having an affair with. Ooh, I think, that, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Meet me behind the mall. <laughs> I think that's what everyone thinks. <laughs> it seems pretty um, key at the moment to to agree with it. Um, but it's also just like, how many great lyrics are in this song? Like, August slipped away. August sipped away like a bottle of wine. Excuse me. How, I love that. So good. Bella, I'm going to give you a little... Lyric. I'm going to give you a preview here. Tomorrow. So... When I was in Australia, I was in a gum tree forest, and there's a picture of me, and it looks at least aesthetically a little bit similar to Taylor Swift's album cover for Folklore. So I have a, an Instagram post ready to go for yes. for tomorrow, <laughs> and it's going to say, August sipped away like a bottle of wine. <laughs> Should you really be posting it on the 1st of August or at the end of August? Oh, but I'm so excited to post it. I don't want to wait 30 days. I know. Someone might steal it. <laughs> right? That's the thing. Like People are going to be all over it. I love it. I, it's, I think it's perfect. I think that literally everyone is going to be listening to Taylor Swift the entire of August, and it's just going to sip away like a bottle of wine. <laughs> Do you sip away like a bottle of wine? <laughs> Look, it works for the context of the sentence let's not analyze it <laughs> i was yeah i was trying to think about that i was like when i drink wine do i count it as sipping away <laughs> <laughs> like what does that mean you sip I, wine yeah <laughs> no. do. Um, i love i love wine and i I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna drink wine this august and listen to this song you gotta drink the wine that Taylor had when she was doing like her watch party. What wine did she have? It was a red, I think. Yeah, I feel like it's a red wine song. <laughs> like UB40. <laughs> um, people were also like, oh my god, like this album, she's telling us that she's pregnant. I'm like, she is literally sipping wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's pregnant. I think um, her and her boyfriend are talking and maybe had the discussion but she's not pregnant yet can you imagine how like like when she if she does get pregnant there's gonna be a whole baby album and it's gonna be all like baby songs 
cute. But what if it's like that like she what if she starts like throwing shade at like a two year old? I don't think so. Like you never let me <laughs> sleep. I just want her to not have babies yet. That way she can release an album when I have babies. And then I'm really, truly growing up with Taylor Swift. That's the eternal problem because it feels like we have grown up with her. However, she is in her 30s and we have only just turned 22. I know. And she's going to have the babies and and we're not going to be able to relate. Oh, God, no. By the time I'm ready to have babies, she's going to be like 55. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Because she she makes some really good songs. I can feel it. Really loving songs about you know her beautiful childhood and and love from the parents and dreams and happiness. <laughs> that's the that's what I love about her music is that that seems completely plausible. Yeah, she'll like pick little details about the baby's life, and it's just gonna be so beautiful. Oh my god, I can't wait for a Taylor Swift baby album. <laughs> You're talking and then, like when it comes out, it will be my favorite Taylor Swift album. You're talking yourself into a lot of excitement about this. I know. I just think it's going to be amazing. Well, speaking of amazing, what's your runner-up? <laughs> so, I picked this song because it's the most positive one out of all the songs off the album. I feel like this one is so happy, um, and it's Invisible Strings. Aww, that's nice. It's... It's so nice. I just, I feel like all of the songs are a little bit sad. And then this one, yeah, when I listened to it the first time, I was like, I immediately love this song. Um, and I like the way that it's written, where she goes, where she tells the story, but she tells it in colors, uh, which is always love to do, red. She's like, teal is the color of your shirt, green is the color of the grass. And I just, <laughs> I love the way she tells the story. Um, and I like how she's like, isn't it pretty to think? And I'm like, yes, it is pretty, Taylor. This is a pretty song. I love it. I love it so much. It was going to be my first, but then another song kind of I like better. She also calls out bad blood. She does. Showing that she's grown from that as well. Yeah, and I just, I just think it's really pretty. Like, the idea that, like, oh, everything happens for a reason and all these bad relationships are just so that she could have found her current boyfriend and be as happy as she is. I love it. So, do you believe in fate, Bella? Yeah, I believe in fate. I don't believe in love love at first sight, but I believe in fate. What about you? I do. I believe it. Every choice that you make gets you to where you are, and it's just beautiful. You talk. (laughs) No, it's, it's very true. Like, you do one thing differently, and your whole life can change. Like, uh, I just talked about this yesterday. I said I gave an example. Um, oh, it was um, I went to the super Chinese buffet in our hometown one day. I'd never been there before, and I don't really like it because I thought like sometimes it's a little gross. Like the plates are never that clean. Um, but my friends love it. <laughs> that would kind of turn me off a little bit. Yeah, like I mean, once you see that once, like it kind of taints the experience forever. Um, but my friends loved it. So they always try to get, they always try to convince me to go with them. And I'm like, ah, I think it's a little dirty. I don't know. And eventually they were like, come on, just come with us. And I was like, uh, all right, why not? I'm not doing anything. And I haven't seen you guys in a little while. So I went with them. And then, um, that was when they told me 
that they were thinking about applying to UMass Amherst. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was what you guys were thinking about. I thought we were all thinking about, like, maybe going to the city or something. So then I looked into UMass, and I decided to apply for it. And I got into UMass, and it ended up being the most affordable option, so it's where I went for for all of school. And then it ended up being one of the only schools that would have given me credit, college credit, to do the Disney College program. So I was able to do the DCP because I went to UMass. Oh, wow. And that the DCP obviously was the most important thing I've done in my entire life. But if I hadn't gone to Super Chinese Buffet that one day, I would have never, we would not be recording this podcast right now. That's so true. So that's, that's so true. That's got to be fate, right? It has to. I mean, meeting, meeting my friend Jacqueline was fate as well. If I, like, of all days to go and pick up my visa, um, I was in the visa, in line for the visa the same day that she was, and she was standing behind me. And we became friends, and now we live seven minutes away. But if we didn't line up at that exact time, and if she didn't talk to me, I would have never known her. Like that's fate, right? Like you, there would there would have been no overlap in the, in Orlando, right? No, there would have definitely not been an overlap. We worked in completely different um, areas. Like I can't imagine us ever having met when we were in Orlando if it wasn't for meeting beforehand. And what are the odds that, like, you happen to be two people doing the same thing? I know. And, like, of all days to, like, go to the city and go to the office to line up, to be lining up at the same time, like, it's just invisible strings. <laughs> there is an invisible string <laughs> tying you to Jack. Um, there was invisible strings tying you to the Disney College program, <laughs> to tying you to college. It's, I believe in fate. It's crazy. Absolutely. And for better or for worse, fate is going to get us through this time in our lives. I would have never met you if I didn't go to that. Yes. Um, <laughs> if I never met Jack, I would have never met you and I wouldn't be doing this podcast. <laughs> All these... I don't think we would have overlapped. <laughs> well, even even Jack, like even then, like she was supposed to be a lifeguard at Typhoon Lagoon and she just happened to be deployed exactly to my training group at a different park altogether. Everything happens for a reason. She probably was, was so mad. Little... <laughs> she was like, she was. I remember. She's like, I want to be a lifeguard, and then like, does she talk to anyone from lifeguard? No, she talks to us. Exactly. You know, the girl lining up at the visa embassy, and the person that she'd met on like when she was deployed and didn't even want to be there. Crazy. And then look, and then a a year and a half later, we're, we're gathered at an airport, and I'm just crying with a stuffed koala, and it's <laughs> and it's super late, and we we were driven in a van by some guy who was really nice to me. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> shout out Tom. <laughs> Tom's so annoying, <laughs> but he was nice to you. I remember that it was such an, like, I was just raw, like, I was emotionally sliced open, and he was just so kind that I felt like I was about to explode and burst with emotion. I was like, oh my god, I just want to, I'm so gone. <laughs> that was, yeah, what a night. It was, yeah, it was, it was emotional. And we were singing Burning Up by the Jonas Brothers. Uh, Burning Up, such a great song. Burning One Up. One day I'll see it live, I'm sure. 
when when the flames come out on stage and you're like, oh shit, they're gonna burn it up, and then they come out and they're like, I'm hot. <laughs> Wearing a red dress. <laughs> high heels, high heels, red dress, red dress. <laughs> Burning up. Wow. wow. We should do a podcast where we rate Jonas Brothers songs. Yes, absolutely. That'd be so hard to narrow <laughs> down. I love every single one. Yeah. Um. Do you like old Jonas Brothers or Happiness Begins better? <sighs> okay. So I have a lot of nostalgia for old Jonas Brothers. Like, mm-hmm. like I hear when you look me in the eyes, and I'm I'm fucking mm-hmm. nine years old again. And that's a wedding song. That yeah, right there. right there. That's one. That's one that'll knock you out. That's like not only is that a wedding song, that's a quinceanera song. Um, <laughs> a quinceanera song. I've never been to a quinceanera. <laughs> well, you know, like you turn fifteen and you're like, ah, this is great. <laughs> Living the dream. Perfect. <laughs> I love those old Jonas Brothers songs, but I do think that um, Happiness Begins was um, it. The old Jonas Brothers has nostalgia, but Happiness Begins has the effect of we didn't think they would get back together, and then randomly they're like, "We're getting back together." Dropped an album, yeah, and I was like, and it's just so incredible. And they came back together and it really felt like like they had grown up. We had grown up. We were all adults now. I went to their concert. They did fucking shots on stage. And I was like, well, we're all adults now, baby. And I just really love that vibe of it of like, we're still here. We're still partying. Let's just have a good time. Yeah. What about you? Sounds Well, because I never got to see the Happiness Begins tour. I have to say old Jonas Brothers for sure. Not that I saw them, but um, <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like I'm a very, very nostalgic person. And um, you know, it's like Australia where I used to pretend that it was about me and <laughs> and burning up and love bug. Like they're just oh. amazing and I just I, I don't think that the new album I would love the songs as much as the old songs. The great thing about Love Bug is that Nick Jonas wrote it when he was like, like what, like twelve years old or something, thirteen, whatever it is, and then um, he had the lyric in it where he said, um, "Modesty is just so hard to find." <laughs> what twelve year old knows what modesty is? <laughs> like, man, what are you talking about? You don't like. What do you mean modesty is hard to find? You've dated, like, a one person. <laughs> I love that lyric. That's probably one of my favorite lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Love Bug. Oh, it's oh, amazing. It's one of my favorites. I'm a big fan of... I mean, <laughs> as soon as I said I'm a big fan, I just thought about, like, a big ceiling fan. Um, <laughs> that's all I could think of. But, uh... <laughs> I love when they um, did their, like, I don't know if you knew that they, or if you saw, like, the concert documentary or whatever, but they did, like, a mashup of Cake by the Ocean and Jealous. I did say that. It's amazing. It's it's fantastic. Like. I'm singing each other's songs. It's beautiful. I want to party with Joe Jonas because he seems like such a freak. <laughs> he will be fun. The... I used to love 
Nick Jonas the most, but now that they're older, I, I would pick Nick Jonas as my least favorite. Whoa! Isn't that crazy? <laughs> least favorite? <laughs> I love Kevin now. Kevin is just like, because I'm older, he's older, I just feel like he's more mature, he's less, um, like, Nick Jonas, I feel like he's very showy and not as modest. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Kevin hard to Jonas. find. <laughs> I love Kevin. Did you see their um like their getting back together documentary? I did. I loved that moment when Kevin was like when he was like, "Oh, my my daughters don't they just know me as dad. They don't they don't know what I used to be. I used to be really great." I was like, "Damn, I'm never going to make fun of him again." <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I think that Kevin Jonas made me cry in that documentary as well. It felt <laughs> I, like... I can't remember what point it was, but I was just, I was falling in love with Kevin in that documentary. <laughs> um, well, speaking of Kevin, it it <laughs> rhymes with seven, which was year number five, and five is four away from number one, and my number one is Betty. Go figure. <laughs> you heard the rumors from Inez. <laughs> Amazing song. I lost my shit when I heard it. Like, I said... That's the part where I really start singing to that little <laughs> pre-chorus. I, I was texting another friend, and I was like, okay, August is the one. August is amazing. That That's the one from this album. And then I heard Betty, and I was like, okay, Betty just changed my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Betty's great. It's so good. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, how can one... I just... I I mean, not only will I, ne- will I never write something that good, but if I tried to write a song, this... Betty would be the equivalent of Michael Phelps in the Olympics. Like, swimming the 100-meter butterfly swim in, like, 10 seconds and breaking the record for Olympic gold medals. And the song that I wrote would be the equivalent of, like... Like... Like, of... Like a, like a dog, like a big three hundred pound dog tripping over a diving board and falling down into the pool and drowning. What an analogy! But I'm really concerned <laughs> about your low self esteem. <laughs> I have great self esteem, except for when it comes to songwriting and modesty, because it's so hard to find. <laughs> I think that. You could look maybe writing this song is hard, but I definitely think that you can write something as amazing as Betty, and you could tell a story like that. I wouldn't be so hard on yourself. I'm just gonna. You've read so many books, and you have a way with words, so I do believe that you could tell a story as magnificent as Betty one day. I'm just gonna take the lyrics of Betty and change them just a little bit and pretend it's my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What rhymes with Betty for another name? Uh, Letty from Fast and Furious. <laughs> that could be what it's called. It could be a story about Letty. Like, Letty, you were in a car <laughs> with Vin Diesel. <laughs> and you didn't invite me. What the fuck, Letty? <laughs> um, the worst thing that you ever did was what you did to me. The worst thing that you ever did was what you did to Vin Diesel. <laughs> there we go. This is the makings of a great song. 
I think I think if I was Weird Al Yankovic, I would have a great uh, track on my hands right now. <laughs> Maybe you just need you know you know that question where they say if you could invite anyone to a dinner party, who would you invite? Yeah, Taylor Swift. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd invite Julie Andrews first, but I feel like I would definitely invite Taylor Swift, and I would be like, "How do you write these amazing things? Tell me your secrets." And then you give her a truth serum, and she has to tell the truth, and she's like, I never wrote one song, they're all written by Jack Rayner. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I think I would pick, like, George Washington. Because okay, yeah. whenever I, like, think try to think about, like, old people from, like, the 1700s or whatever, I can't picture it. Like... I don't know if you have this problem, but, like, they say, like, oh, George Washington did this and, like, was president with, like, like Alexander Hamilton was, like, his secretary and all that stuff. And I try to picture them, like, being human beings who walked around and spoke to each other. And I literally can't. Yeah, it's so far away. So it's really hard to imagine what it could be like. I just, I would, I need to see them in person. I think that's a good person to, to have at your dinner party. Then I'd be like, why did you own slaves, man? And he'd be like, look, I didn't come here to be interrogated. <laughs> you could put Taylor Swift next to George Washington and, and just watch the conversation that they have. <laughs> and I have to start mediating them when they start arguing about who James is in the song. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty sure if George Washington like even heard a Taylor Swift song, he would just he would just his mind would collapse because he would be unable to comprehend like the the technology <laughs> advancements. This is such a weird conversation. <laughs> How did we get here? Okay, well we started Washington, and then you said you would invite Taylor Swift to dinner, and I don't remember why you said that. <laughs> oh, because you wanted to ask now her. We're talking about how how George Washington would perceive. Taylor Swift's music. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Well, we've already talked about Betty, so what's your number one? I'm very excited to hear it. I'm so eager. You want to make a guess, or do you not do that? Okay, I'll make a guess. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say... Mad Woman. <laughs> Okay, Dave, thank you for that guess. Um, no, it's actually Exile. Oh, that's good. I, I, almost, yeah. I almost put that on my list. I love this song. And you know why I love it? It's not even because of Taylor, but it's because of Bob. Ivor. Is his name Bob? No, Bon. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> because of Bob. <laughs> the first time I listened to this, I was like... <laughs> thank you, Bob. Your voice. Bob Iver. Um, I don't know who he is. I Googled him because I wanted to put a face to the voice. Because I was, like, in love. Like, I was like, this is so deep and it's so clear <laughs> and it's so, oh, feelings. Um, yeah, I definitely catch the feelings for Bob. Well, you love... Um, if you listen to this on the AirPods and it's dark and, and you close your eyes, like, I feel like Bob is right by my bed to me on your bed by my bed he's like oh. he's like to me as i fall asleep like a little lullaby it's a great pick um i do know it that is. you lo- you the bridge 
you love your deep voice singers. I do. It's like Bob and George Ezra could do a duet, and I would be all for it. It'd be amazing because they're so like deep and and oh, sexy. It's a great song, and he's he's a great yeah. match for her on the song as well. Like, do you know? Do you know many of Bon Iver's songs? I've heard. I've heard one of their songs before. Um, I don't remember which one, but like I had been exposed to them before, and I was like, eh, it's not really my thing. So when he came up, I was like, oh, I know this guy. People really like him. Um, or a band, or whatever they are. It's like a band, or it's like he's the lead singer of the band or something. I, I feel like he can't get any better than this song where he just sounds so amazing in that first verse, and it's like, oh my god. And then the bridge, when they have the conversation, and he's like, you didn't read the warning signs. And she's like, I gave so many signs. I love that. Like how they're having a conversation with each other. And I'm like, when we're in the car, you pick a part, I pick a part, and we can just scream at each other. And it will be amazing. <laughs> well, I know you love the deep voice singer. So if we're ever in a car together listening to this, I'll be Taylor. Okay, cool. I'll be born. <laughs> Thank you. That's who I wanted to be. <laughs> Um, I'll just just make myself deep it just I love you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of Before the Storm do you know that song no you should listen to it it's um, Nick Jonas and Miley Cyrus okay I'm adding it now right next to it it doesn't sound anything like Exile the only reason why it reminds me of it is it's just like two people that are having this conversation on a song about a whole relationship that's just broken down and I like both songs because they're both dramatic and poetic and it's it's nice. What was that one called? Before the Storm. Before the, so and I got, you get like old Nick Jonas voice. That's what I have to listen to Before the Storm and Santa Wear Your Shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can't wait. <laughs> Um, and I like how it's like, you were my town, and now that you're out, I'm in exile. It's like, you're my home, but if you're gone, I have no home. Like, I'm I'm out. I, just, I feel like that's really sad, but I, I like it. I like the sadness. I want to, you know, just be in that sadness. It is a good feeling to just be in sadness sometimes, right? I haven't had my heart broken to this extent. I literally want someone to break my heart so that <laughs> way I can relate to this song. That's how much I love it. <laughs> I'm like, can someone come and hurt me, please? Oh, God. <laughs> so I can relate. <laughs> wow. I love this song even more. Oh, my goodness. That's um, how much I love it. I don't... I think I don't... I need to listen to the album a couple more times to f- be able to be able to find things to relate to in it. But there were times last fall where certain lover songs would come up and I'd be like, it hurts so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Death, um, Death by a Thousand Cuts, But man. even if you can't relate to it personally, like, you still, because, uh, like, I still love stories and I love to imagine and I feel like Taylor Swift is just a great storyteller. Well, she's one of the best we have. I know. That's what we said. It's the controversial opinion that we have. (laughs) 
it's it's a little bit of a hot take, but I think Taylor Swift, pretty good. <laughs> Me too. Um, I hope that you come to like except exile as much as what I do. Well, okay. So here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna put it right next to. I have a list that says "Listen to Tomorrow," and it says "Santa Wear Your Shorts Before the Storm," and then it says "Exile Now" as well. I just can you listen to "Exile" and "Santa Wear Your Shorts" right after each other, just because they're so different, and <laughs> it's going to be a fun time for you. <laughs> I think they're both just about getting your heart ripped out of your chest. <laughs> I don't mean to find two songs that are more opposite, but <laughs> go for it. <laughs> um. Bella, this has been the joy of my quarantine to speak with you. Um, <laughs> Me too. It's been really fun. I We have to do it again sometime. Do I talk too much? No, absolutely not. I could... I, I, this could have been four hours and I would have been delighted. <laughs> I feel like I talk too much, but thank you. No, you don't. I felt like I was like... I was like, oh my god, I keep ranting about my love of Betty, and I'm not letting her get a word in edgewise. <laughs> no, your love for Betty is very well-founded, so, you know. <laughs> One day we'll convince... Want. We'll convince Jack to come in and do a three-way with us. I think that would be so much fun, although she might shut down all of our opinions. <laughs> yeah, we'd be like, all right, Jack, we're going to do top five... Well, I don't know, colors or something. And you're like, you know, I really like green. And she's like, actually, here's why you're wrong about green. <laughs> I'm glad that we had such a different list. Like, yeah. we had Cardigan that was the same, but other than that, it was completely different. We really spread our wings here, and we wanted to scoop up as much of the album to talk about as possible. <laughs> exactly, we did. It was great. Um, Taylor, when you listen to this, um, be sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Taylor, Thank- for the amazing album. Yes, Taylor, um, what more can be said? She's she's an all-timer. And Bella, sure. you're an all-time podcast guest. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>